This is Table Turn, exploring the food industry from both sides of the counter and the back door. We are your hosts, Gina and Derny. Howdy, everyone. Howdy. I like the howdy. We are jumping into Montana versus Miami. Or Miami versus Montana. Miami versus Montana. But first, a word from my wife. So, we have a quick request from everyone, or of everyone. We need you guys to subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, make sure to follow that follow or subscribe button. And please make sure to download the shows. Listen. Listen all the way if you can. And if you can't, mute us at a certain point, but make sure that it runs through. It helps in our numbers, and we really appreciate it. Want to one-up it? Give us a review. Five stars never killed anybody, but it would definitely help us. Thank you very much for that. All right, so anyway, starting off with what stood out from my from Montana. The first thing that stood out to me... Well, I think let's give this a little bit of, like, some legs, huh? Because if not, we're just a bobbing head, like the way that you take pictures when we... Uh... That's that's hurtful. How, how do you mean? Well, why are we talking about Montana? <laughs> okay. Well, we just went to Montana. We just had a nice trip to Montana, and we realized and the a lot funny of things... thing is that when most people... Uh, when we told people we were going to Montana... While in Miami, most people said, why Montana? And we're going to tell you why. And we're going to tell you why. Thank you for oh, that. Oh, thank you for repeating it. That's not wasting time at all. Anyway, first thing that stood out to me, franchises or the lack thereof Okay, well, before we go into that, I just wanted to say why we chose to go to Montana. Because that's the point I just tried to okay, make. Okay, go ahead. Make the point. Um, we were exploring different ways of making the most of a summer, vaca- summer vacation, just us two. And we were torn between Europe and a stateside vacation. That sounds and I th- crazy, by the way. But. I think that for the most part in the last year or so, we have really been focusing on staying stateside and exploring all things U.S. before making the jump over the puddles, if you will. And uh, would you say that we made the right choice? I think we made the right choice. I mean, we've been It took a couple before, Pinterest so. boards and... Uh, I think a few pictures to get Ernie to jump on board with my Montana train. And then we narrowed it down between Glacier and Yellowstone National Park. We chose Glacier. and Fortunately, I, because Yellowstone had a couple of earthquakes apparently while we were there. Mild, but anyhow, that is place. how we ended up in Montana versus Scotland or Ireland, which we really love. And I strongly recommend Montana to anybody thinking about going somewhere but doesn't really know where to go in the States. Yeah. And I might put up some trip tips on our blog, which would be at tableturnpodcast.com. That is a great idea. And if you go to Montana and you're somebody who does not like franchises, Montana's the place for you. That is the first thing that stood out to now me. Now we could talk about the food scene in Montana. Thank there you There we much. go. There we go. You need a GPS if you want to find a McDonald's or a Starbucks in Montana. I would say that even with a GPS, with the distance between the towns, uh, we only saw, we trekked quite a bit of Montana. So we flew into, we booked our flight to Bozeman, which was a central spot between both national parks, mm-hmm. before we actually decided which national park we were going to go to. And Bozeman is three hours north of Yellowstone, but about six hours south of Glacier's Na- Glacier National Park's entrance. That and did not feel like a six-hour drive. Well, we stopped quite a bit. On well, either way, the, the scenes. It's not like driving through Florida. I don't have the mileage uh, exactly, but we trekked practically the entire south to northwest corridor of Montana. We, we drove from Bozeman to Butte, to Missoula, into the mountains in Lolo Springs, back out to Missoula, around Flathead Lake, and up to Whitefish, and then crossed 
the Glacier National Park through going to the Sun, going to the Sun Road, and then came down through the east by the Blackfeet Reservation. So I think it's safe to say that we saw everything there was to see in Montana on that part. And we only saw one McDonald's in all those miles. Uh, yeah, like on the last day. But who was next to the Starbucks as well? It was but. in the state capital, I think. In Helena is where we saw the Starbucks. I don't, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Yeah. But the, the fact that you can go through Bozeman, which I, I, I think was my favorite little stop. And it was just so many coffee shops. And the coffee, by the way, is amazing. Well, there's and, coffee and little, everywhere. Coffee everywhere. Especially the little coffee stands. They have coffee stands. I like, thought you weren't going to talk about it because you're planning on maybe implementing that idea here in Miami. Never mind, I take it all back. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, they have delicious coffee in most places. And what's funny is that they're very, really close to each other. And very like, easy to get to. Very easy to get to. You walking. don't even have to get out of your car. You don't even have to get out of your car. That's saying too much. <laughs> but all the little local shops, and then the fact that they would be open till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Some would open in the afternoon and close at night. Like, Can you explain that a little bit more, Mr. Pelias? Well, everything is dedicated. It's not like here. It's not like the hustle bustle of Miami where you have to stay open because your rent is high and you have to make as much money as possible. So you're opening something that's dedicated for lunch and you're opening it for breakfast and for dinner. Here in Miami. Here in Miami. Okay. While over there, they're focused on that specific meal. So it's a breakfast shop. So give, give us examples. Uh, well, let's see. How about the Nova Coffee place which was open from 6 a.m to 2, 2 or 3 p.m i don't 2 remember PM, I believe. Right. yes 2 p.m they only serve breakfast and lunch and they have a side spot which focuses on gourmet coffees and that coffee shop also closes at 3 p.m also closes at 3 p.m but then enter the breweries and the distilleries which are open from 11 a.m to 8 p.m 8 p.m because so, of some state law rules but anyway regardless of the state laws and rules what i found to be interesting was that the limitations of the time that each location was open were generally for two services breakfast and lunch lunch and dinner or dinner and drinks like shift really. one shift correct um it was interesting because for the most part every restaurant tavern or distillery or, or brewery was only open for an eight-hour shift i mean obviously that doesn't include pre and post work but it didn't make it very clear to us why it was that staff was subpar. Nice. Was uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, staff was definitely. Um, give me the words, sir. Sta- uh, staff there was. I'm not <laughs> on top of it. Alert, friendly, kind. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> higher quality. Higher quality service than I guess? what we are used to getting in Miami. I think let's. You need to lower your voice. Oh, I'm sorry. System. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. No, I needed you to fill in the words. Oh. This is what happens when people start to think that I talk more than you, and it's because you just sit there and look at no. me talk. You're, you're beautiful. Okay, proceed. Where were we? See, you threw me off. So, yeah, so... Services, eight hours. Services are eight hours. So, it, the interesting part is that in the breweries or the, the coffee houses, it didn't matter where you went, it was really packed. Like, there, I mean, it's like people were leaving work and going straight to the breweries to spend time so it's almost i wonder if it messes with you a little bit like in miami you're here and you know you can go whenever you want and in the end you end up not going anywhere you decide right. by oh i'm gonna go home and shower oh let me get the kids oh, like, baby. by the next thing you know it's like 10 o'clock and you're like i'm not gonna go anywhere i gotta go to work but um again the lack of franchises i, I, I skipped over that the lack of franchises there made it really nice because everywhere you went you could try a little something or have a meal and it you just felt the quality you okay yeah taste- let's focus on the quality please yeah, I'm losing myself a little bit here. I know, so, I, I know. I mean, you, you drive by the ranches, you see all the farms. And 
interesting point is that no restaurant pitches the idea of farm to table because it is clear that every restaurant concept is doing, in fact, farm to table without saying so. Uh, we only had one experience where we realized that the food was frozen and it was odd because it was the only food establishment for hundreds of miles. Surrounded uh, by farms. Surrounded by farms and ranches about 200 miles south of East Glacier and it was called Buffalo Joe's, I think it was, and it looked like a very old-fashioned saloon, so we were really excited. And when we saw that they had mac and cheese bites on their menu, that's like a dead giveaway, right? Right, yeah. Dead giveaway. <laughs> and you asked... Are these frozen? You don't make these here, do you? And she said, no, Cisco brings them. <laughs> we're like, what Cisco, Cisco drives? Cisco truck all the way over there. <laughs> Just for that one stop. Which means they're not making anything, because once you're reaching out to Cisco... No, it was like obvious that. once we continued with our meal that... It yeah, was. Every, everything was frozen there. Everything was frozen, but that's the only example we had of that. Every place else that we ate had exceptional food, had, you know, very simply made food. It didn't try to be pretentious or high-end gourmet. It was just home cooking or good cooking, you know, done right. Fresh foods. Some of them creative. Nova was very creative Some with their creative. presentation. Even, even the breweries were creative. I mean, you go to a brewery here. And you're not expecting high-end food. You're going for the beer. You're going for the ambiance, the entertainment. You're going with Oh, my friends. gosh, that pizza so crust usually, and that brewery. It's usually filler food here in Miami. Right. While over there, not expecting it, the pizza crust was amazing. It was the best pizza crust I've ever That was ever Ma- had. Mountains Walking Brewery in Bozeman. Yeah. Uh, no view, because there's another brewery that has an amazing view. Uh, but the food, I went because I had read an article that said specifically that their crust was for, fermented for 48 hours and um, using some of the, I don't remember. One of some, the beers? I think the they used one the of the beers. Beer, yeah. yeah, one of the hops from the I'm beer. I'm not sure the process, but it was fun. And I was super excited and we had, did we have pretzels there? I don't remember. No, we did not have pretzels. We had some sort of appetizer. I don't remember which. We had we had the fries that left a lot. To oh, the fries were yeah, the fries yeah. were disappointing. But we heard that the Brussels sprouts were great and the pizza was phenomenal and the beers were phenomenal. I mean, and I had phenomenally cheap. Oh, everywhere yeah. you went, craft you can't get a craft beer here for less than ten bucks. Craft no. beer was five dollars. Like, or some of them were three dollars, three fifty, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, everything was very well priced. Um, one thing that we did notice that was similar to Miami is. That if you had a view, the your, food was no good. Your food was, was, your food was not good. I don't know. It's like a trend everywhere. If you if you end up spending the money on the view, you can't afford to give people good product and get a good chef to, to put your food together. And Which I'm sorry was, for any restaurant out there who may be listening and has a nice view. If you want to prove us wrong, let prove us me know. wrong. Invite me. I'll go dine. I'll see how it is. But as but, far as we know, there's no restaurant in Miami with a view that has good food. If any listeners out there know of any places with a view that have uh, good food, please let us know. Yeah. Comment and, and below. When you, when you let or me know, follow us that. on Instagram and DM me. Just about <laughs> at Table Turn Podcast. When you let me know, also let me know the last five places you ate at so I can com- kind of compare notes. and see where we stand. <laughs> Make sure that you, that they, they know what they're talking about. Because if you ate at McDonald's, Outback, Starbucks, then you know what? I'm just, I don't want your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It is. I it mean, is. it is terrible to come back home and realize how accustomed we have become to franchise models, you know, and how sad it is that the Miami economy is so hard on the small business and the small mom and pop shop. You know, we saw very lucrative and quite successful 
restaurant concepts all over Montana. I mean, in towns where the population was like 3,000 people. And everything was packed. And everything was packed. And there's only 3,000 people in that town. No, I think And in Bozeman, they said that they had 150,000 people and that they were at capacity. Yeah, they were at capacity. (laughs) But people were still moving because the university was getting bigger. Yeah, but no, that's not even the point. What I'm saying is that 150,000 people, I mean, to like 2.72 million in Miami-Dade County. And And I should say... And restaurants fail here regularly. All the time. All the time. So uh, we heard a lot of business people in the biz in Montana, because that's another thing. We had a lot of conversations, uh, unsolicited conversations, with the locals, with service people, with bartenders, with our amazing bed and breakfast owner, Chris, over at uh, Learkind Mansion. Shout out to Chris. Who was amazing. I mean, Can you say the name of the bed and breakfast again? I said Learkind Mansion Bed there and Breakfast in Bozeman. Um, and well, if you want to do shout outs really quick, you want to shout out to Lucas, the, Lucas on the, on hill, the, hill. the man on the hill. <laughs> Talk about making a lot of friends on a short trip. <laughs> yeah. That was good. good people. Everywhere you go, everybody's just really nice. And they, they have conversation. People turn around and acknowledge your existence while you're on a walk. There was not say, one. Right. How are you doing? Today? That was a huge difference between Montana and Miami. Absolutely. That's, that's, of course you get in an elevator. Everybody here. was kind. To you. Everybody was kind. Everybody was, um, curious very uh eager to to speak to us the white looking guy and the hispanic chick <laughs> yeah yeah everybody thought i was a local and wondering how i got gina the latina right <laughs> how, how did you get that latina girl that's not what they asked but uh, i bought her <laughs> shut up what are you even saying <laughs> anyhow um it was it was a great trip everybody was very friendly the food was so good well oh actually what was your favorite thing aside from the pizza I, and this was funny. We thought it was funny, at least. Funny? My favorite thing that I ate? That you ate. And then you can ask me what my favorite thing is, because you already know. But you'll ask me anyways. Uh, well, coffee. I really enjoyed the coffee. Everywhere. Aside from... Which they call mud, right? Because it's uh, like cowboy-style coffee. Yeah. So it's very dark. It's very very rich. Very strong. But what was your favorite thing to eat that you were, like, throwing it back by? I, I'm, I'm, it escapes me right now. We were at Lula's Cafe. Oh, my God. Potatoes. Potatoes. Uh, potatoes. That's, it was amazing how delicious the potatoes were. I couldn't understand. I'm like, is it the oil? I asked the waitress what, it wasn't what the oil, oil are you using? And the, no, it's just fresh potatoes that aren't shipped all the way to Miami. Or frozen in a bag. Or frozen in a bag. And, I mean, they just tasted amazing. The the chicken as well that came with it was, like, mind-blowing. Well, like, bison, not, buffalo. Not that I saw any chicken running around Montana, but it was, you I didn't have it was chicken. fresh. I ate bison most it of was, the time. It was breaded fresh and fried. I mean, it was obviously chicken that was never frozen. Right. So, I mean, it was mind-blowing. It was Lola's, Lulu's? Lula's in Whitefish, Montana, which is about mm, 30 minutes east of the West Glacier entrance. Well-known for their pies as well. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic pies. Well, we went for my favorite food of the trip, which was huckleberry pie. Huckleberry. I'm your huckleberry. 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 Thank you. Um, I'm your huckleberry. Okay, Tombstone. Is it Tombstone that you... <laughs> well, that's just my game. Which he was quoting the entire trip, and it wasn't annoying at all. Um, anyhow, I was obsessed with all things Huckleberry. Huckleberry is Huckleberry a Huckleberry mountainside... Huckleberry coffee, Huckleberry ice cream, Huckleberry liqueur. Huckleberry is a mountainside... I, mean, I just shushed you. <laughs> Huckleberry jam, Huckleberry shrimp, Huckleberry... Um, okay, are you done? It was... It's a mountainside berry that grows only on the mountainsides, obviously. And 
we were told that it's one of the one of the few foods that's only available in the Montana region, and it's seasonal, of course. So I had all things huckleberry, but it was not in season when we were there, unfortunately. So we tried to go pick huckleberries, and all those farms were closed. But the pie place that I went to specifically to have huckleberry pie was out because they only make them fresh, and we had instead rhubarb and raspberry pie. Rhubarb raspberry pie. Ernie's first time trying rhubarb. Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, it was a... I still don't even know what it is. I didn't even Google it to see what it looked like. It's like a root fruit. I'll show you a picture. A root fruit? It's like a root fruit. Um, Fantastic. Everything freshly made. Every place that we went to had fresh made ice cream as well. Yeah, which was impressive. Impressive. Again, not high-end gourmet. They weren't trying to break any boundaries or do anything crazy different. It was just good local housemate it was like right. it wasn't mind-blowing I, at least i didn't have any mind-blowing ice cream no but. because they weren't i mean when when you're in the food saying right, like we good. are but it was good yeah right it was, it wasn't, like you know. we're we're from you know and they say that like you always, they always try to figure out like who's from a big city you know um that big city mentality of we're like oh well what else do you have you know and it wasn't about having something crazy different it was just that their mentality is they make things in store <laughs> you know it's not like it's not like you it's not a standout thing it's just the thing it's the way it goes yeah. and so we had some great ice cream and we had some good ice cream i obviously had a lot of huckleberry ice cream i had cardamom ice cream um but everything was fresh and at that place at lula's they served us the rhubarb pie and raspberry pie with fresh made ice cream which that yeah. ice cream was i mean we should have asked if they had huckleberry ice cream to go with the pie well they, that's already overkill Oh, yeah, because we didn't have enough huckleberry. <laughs> I'm good for a few years on the huckleberry. Not, but everybody, you guys have to go to Montana and have huckleberry. Try. I will say that I think that the difference in the coffee, aside from the way that they roast their beans, which we didn't explore too deeply, would probably have to do with the water. Uh, yes, and I've been meaning to buy bottled water and put it in our coffee maker here to see if that makes a difference. Because I think there's Montana bottled water. The water was exceptional. I, I may be wrong, but I think Glacier Water is from Montana. So it's crystal clear. Um, I've always thought that Ma- Mont- uh, I've always thought that Miami has great water, and then I went to Montana. Quickly, I mean, it, it wasn't even a matter of adjusting. And when I got back home and tasted the water, I felt like I was traveling out of state. You know that like weird yucky taste that you get when you taste right. water from yeah. out of state or from out of your city, like Broward water. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Um, Miami water is always really good. And I felt like it wasn't that good compared to Montana water. So I think that maybe a lot of the food differences. Are we drinking glacier water when you're in Montana? I'm sorry, it's a stupid question. but I I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm guessing so because they also have water preservation issues over there. So I think it has to do with glacier water. We can look into that a little bit more and write about it. If I ever get to the writing you part of this. You know that the glaciers are, they're concerned that the glaciers are going to disappear in 10 I years. I know. But for those of you that, because of course I look up and I look up facts. I like to know the fun facts. Well, let's hear some facts, sir. Because well, you're... no, I didn't get that many. But since you ask, the, uh, what do they call it? The land where the ice glaciers cover, um, they have, um, no, this is. You're umming a lot. Yes, I am. This is not like me. Yeah, they expect it to be gone by 2030. That's how quickly is going away i guess the change in temperature the climate whatever it is i'm speaking into the mic so um sorry you threw me off anyway why did i throw you off i asked you for facts or maybe i wasn't as prepared but anyway at the, in the 
we're not going to talk about Montana, Montana, and grizzly bears and animals or anything. No, but I, I think it's interesting. You know, everybody puts off these epic trips a lot of mm-hmm. times. And I've heard a lot of people, like, we've always said that we want to do a cross-country RV trip. It was supposed to happen this summer, and we put it off. You know, I've heard a lot of people... Some people that travel often or know more about the U.S. tell us, wow, you know, we've heard Montana is awesome, yet they haven't made it over there. And I think that the point that you bring up with the glaciers is two things, right? It's a two-part. One is get your ass to Montana. <laughs> yeah, get, listen, it, it really is beautiful, and a lot of things are changing, you know. So going, going back to the facts, they, now in a, in a year, they have three times as many days over 90 degrees as they did a century ago. It is changing drastically they had in 1850 they had over 150 glaciers and today they only have 26 and they're amazing and the glaciers feed everything they feed the mountains the farmlands around it like it affects everything the the whole the entire ecosystem all the animals everything so uh, it it really i feel like you could taste it while you're there absolutely and all the food and all the local things like i said you don't they didn't have to pitch farm the table it's just part of the yeah it's just it's just what it is so i fear that that's going to go away at some point so and they'll have to start if you're looking for a looking at a nature trip that isn't completely no not a little bit a lot of bit of a nature well yeah but i'm saying it's not you're not like fully committed you could act you could go we went and we stayed at glacier park Mm -hmm. and you can have a cabin rent a little motorboat in the lake you could ride a little bike go on a little hike motorboat it motorboat (laughs) <laughs> it's not it's not like crazy i i i, ha, I don't want to hike 10 miles no you don't have to hike 10 miles you don't have to be out there with well not if you lunches. didn't know that your wife was making you hike 10 miles well we didn't <laughs> hike 10 miles it's not that bad but my point is that you can control it like you can stay in a little cabin and really enjoy it it's not like a full-edged commitment where you're like gonna camping, hike up a right. mountain well they're okay so there are grades to how much of an experience you want to have with nature right right you know you can go full monty you know, do the tent thing, which we saw people do in the rain, and pack all your meals and eat scrambled eggs out of a bag. And not to sound old, but, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's not a party town. You're not going to find <laughs> places to party later unless it's a brewery. Well, I don't think we went to those places. Well, no, we, and the breweries close at night. We didn't, but I'm saying it's a perfect not trip a, a for, like, a, a couple or a family A tavern, say the right things. A tavern. Are the a, ones that are open to 2 a.m. A distillery. Which, another one I want to mention, Head Frames Distillery in Butte, Montana. Wow. Talk about good whiskey. And good service. Great service. But uh, it was a little weird because we ended up buying a whiskey liqueur called The Orphan Girl. I know. And you I didn't know. like Every, having to I, say. <laughs> I just, it was, ugh, I can't even I repeat it. I don't even want to say it on the I know, I know, I know. But yes, it was a delicious drink. We, you know, don't love the name. But apparently it's a name steeped in tradition and history because it was named after a head frame. And the head frames are the, the entrance markers of gold mines back in the gold mining age and uh the orphan girl was the name of one very famous head frame and so the whiskey was the whiskey liqueur specifically was named after that head frame and uh, they have a picture of on the bottle and that whiskey liqueur has won numerous awards and obviously we bought a bottle and enjoyed it on the trip throughout wow, Montana. we were motorboating So the two parts was number one, get your ass to Montana, Mon bleeping Tana, right? Which is stay at Learkind Learkind Mansion, bread and breakfast breakfast. in Bozeman. If you end up doing what we did, which was fly into Bozeman and then drive all the way up to West Glacier, Uh, if you're going to Yellowstone, 
Bozeman is a great town. It's only three hours north. You could get to the Tetons. You can get to a uh, big sky country which is a great ski resort and um if not then we suggest missoula or whitefish which were amazing towns and then staying within the park we stayed at apgar village uh in a little cabin which was magical i mean i really didn't want to leave i didn't want to leave either i would have stayed there a couple more days easily would, would you recommend people to get to one part of montana and drive and leave from the other no i don't like that we did that because east glacier was kind of you know it was a lot of land no, no, no. I mean, like, like you, you land in, like, Bozeman, like, oh. close to Yellowstone, but you take off yes. back home from Glacier. Yeah, I would. So you're not driving all the way and then driving back because then you feel rushed. Because that's I how, would, that's but the tricky, part, uh, the tricky part, the tricky part, and what I wanted to mention is that Glacier is gaining in popularity, um, and going to the Sun Road is only open for a very limited time throughout the whole year because they have such high snowfall, which you read was what? 50 to 60 feet of snowfall in some parts of yes, the road. Yes, the, the, what's it called again? Sun Road? Going to the Sun Road, Going which to was... the Sun Road, which takes three months to clear. From the after, snow. After the, yeah, And this road was specifically engineered and designed for tourists to be able to cross the glaciers from one point to the other. Um, it was an engineering feat of Marvel, and it was completed in 1932, I believe. And then the lodges were created around that. And the different lodges, and one that we stayed in, was um, inaugurated in 1936. Uh, so it, there's a lot of history, and we don't cover it in this show because we want to focus on the food aspects. But So we're not talking about the Springs nudity? No, we're not going to talk about that. If people want to know about that, they got to go to our personal account, which is journey love, <laughs> journey underscore love, <laughs> at journey underscore love, to see about the nudist hot springs. But um, the second part was, after getting your ass in Montana, is really, I mean, I don't want to get political, but climate control, right? I mean, it's something that's very real, and we're starting to see the effects of it. And you and I have started to read how genetically modified foods are going to become a really big thing and we're seeing that already with different food movements moving to plant-based foods because of yeah, the that's lack that's not a coincidence it's not a, it's not a genius idea from somebody that's and it's not the it's not a it's vegan going. movement or this is just our body starting to reject the things that are happening with our food and because of lack of food supply you know farmers and different producers are being forced to take on different methods to plump up the meat or to make it last um you know there's a lot of waste there's a lot of weird things going into our food and then you have the environment changing drastically day by day which is going to in turn affect what we consume so you know get to montana see it for yourself enjoy the beauty of the nature and one quote that i read was if you want to experience nature go to yellowstone if you want to experience... I thought you were going to say the springs again. No. Can I? I'm trying to be serious. It was a beautiful quote. Say it. Say it. Take it. If you want to experience nature, go to Yellowstone National Park. If you want to experience God, go to Glacier National Park. Would you agree? I would agree with that. It was... I didn't write it. It was amazing. And, um, you know, once you're in that awesomeness, I think that that's when you start to realize how important it is to become aware of what's going on in our environment. We are planning on getting a summer home in Montana. Maybe it's big enough and we could do our own B&B. And we could do our own B&B. We didn't even touch up on the, the young staff working in all this. Okay, these. so wrap it up. Let's Young staff. That'll young be staff. our last you point. Know, like, I, was, okay, I was impressed with, and nothing against Miami and the children of Miami, but it's obviously a different lifestyle here. But there's kids over there working at 15, 16, 17 years old, and they're providing unbelievable service. Unbelievable service. It's obviously, I don't know what the wages are for the waiters over there. But 
they encourage you. No, 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 order this, and that, that might be enough food for you guys. I don't know how much you eat, but then you can order another plate after. They weren't just forcing food on you to raise the check average. They were su- actually making suggestions, which made the dining experience true. better. Because, mm-hmm. or maybe it's like a, their strategy, because instead of forcing extra plates of food on me, I was like, well, let's have a second beer because we're enjoying this little plate of food here. So the check average might have ended up being the same thing anyway. Right. And then, well, we the have room for style. dessert, so let's the have dessert. The service style was night and freaking day. Yeah, night and freaking day from Miami. The quality of the food, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I didn't, I, I knew Miami was kind of going down when it came to that, like product quality and service and all that stuff, but I didn't realize how bad it was until I went to Montana, and went to just a couple of places. I mean, you end up talking to the bartenders, the the baristas, and the coffee shops, and like. Everything, I mean, I can't, I can't stress it enough how, what a great experience it was and what a pleasure it was to be treated like humans. <laughs> <laughs> you almost got, te- you got like choked up there like human. I know, humans. I know, humans, like by, by staff and like, what do you like and how can I help you? It wasn't just and next, it was, yeah, no, 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 we don't have that. Okay, four dollars. I mean, we went to the same coffee shop. Can we say our favorite coffee shop? Because we went to it like three times. You could because I forgot the name. Wild, Wild Joe's, Wild Joe's <laughs> on Main Street in uh, Bozeman, Montana, and by the second time we were there, staff already knew us. You know, they're like, "Oh, you guys are back so quickly." I mean, that's how small of a town it is. So your service is definitely customized. Bookstores in one street. There they were three you seltzer water with your coffee. I love seltzer. There water were three bookstores. You know what you're doing when you give seltzer water with your coffee. Three bookstores in one street. You know, I mean, it's a testament to the fact that they have very long winters. Nighttime was very short because and it's very summer. low rent. Nighttime was very short. Uh, while we were there, sunset at 9.45, and the sun rose at 5.45, and yet people, restaurants closed by 8 or 9 o'clock, yet people are taking hikes to see the sunset at 9.45, which I thought was amazing. Which is where we met Lucas. Hey, Lucas! Uh, again, Lucas on the hill. Lucas, go get her. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, wrapping this up, we are huge fans of Montana. I'll wrap it up with another quote that I found by one of my favorite authors. But before I wrap it up, Ernie has a request. Follow us on... Follow us on at Table Turn Podcast. On Instagram and On Facebook. Instagram. Damn, I'm going to get this right by Eventually, season four. eventually. Head to our website. Uh, it is still in production, but please make sure to... It's, head to our website, tableturnpodcast.com, and make sure to subscribe to our email list. I promise to get all that moving and working really, really well. Make sure to follow us. Yeah, make sure to follow us. Chris, Lucas, please get everybody that's around you. In to, Montana. In Montana to follow us. Uh, oh, like, by the way, Wild Joe's had a Cubano coffee. Had a Cubano coffee. We'll talk about that on Instagram stories. Sure. About whether or not it was a real Cubano. Like they say, yeah. I'm saying Cubano. Like a, like I'm on, Cubano. Like I'm on, <laughs> not American. I don't even remember what I ordered. John Steinbeck. I'm in love with Montana. For other states, I have admiration, respect, recognition, even some affection. But with Montana, it is love. And it's difficult to analyze love when you're in it. I don't know what to follow that up with. Thanks for listening, folks. Book your flights to Montana now. Yeah! Montana! Montana! Careful, get, buy some bear spray. <laughs>